um, as an introduction, I um, my name is Kava. I live in the U.S. I'm actually Swedish. I don't. I in the U.S. I say that I'm Swedish, and then people look at me and they think to themselves, they're like, "You're not Swedish. <laughs> you don't look so Swedish." So I was born in Iran, and I and I lived most of my life in Sweden. And ten years ago, uh, I moved to the U.S. And I worked for another company before Planet called Meltwater, and uh, we have some people here from that company. Uh, I met Miko there many, 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 many years ago, <clears throat> and um, and I've been working in the U.S. for a long time and uh, seen a bunch of companies and helped uh, now two companies to expand to the U.S. I'm going to speak about some tips and tricks for Scandinavian startups wanting to break into the U.S. Um, and so that's what I'm going to speak about. I do have a few slides about Planet because I thought that, you know, hopefully people are interested about some of the things we do too. Um, so I'll speak a bit about that so that you guys have some context. I'm not going to speak too, too much about these slides, but Planet, we do, um, we built a customer platform. So we have a bunch of companies, customers that are using us to manage their existing business. And uh, simply put, you know, you, we help companies to improve their NRR. Um, and uh, we sort of do well in the, mid-market to small enterprise segment. Uh, you see some of the logos there, some of the customers that we have. One of the customers that have been with us the longest is actually Vino. Miko and Pietri have been using, um, um, and, and, and I think some people here have been using Planet for a really long time. We're obviously very uh, happy about that. But we sell B2B. We sort of don't, don't sell to uh, uh, consumer uh, businesses. And um, uh, yeah, I'm going to get skip this. Uh, and go here. We, what we say is that we, we, we're building a customer platform that are helping our customers to be more customer-centric. See that most of our company customers are sort of coming from this world where the current tech stack is centered around departments, and we think that if you want to be truly customer-centric and improve your NRR for the long term, you need to be customer-centric. And customer-centricity is not only about you know a, a fancy word you need to use, you sort of need to think about how you um, how you enable the entire enterprise to put your customers at the center of what you do. Uh, so that's what we do. Uh, that's sort of the vision behind our platform that uh, everybody in your company is supposed to use it. So we think a bit uh, about the planet more about planet more in terms of that. We're more inspired by products like the Office Suite or Monday.com or Notion or Asana more than sort of typical B two B enterprise products like. Zendesk or uh, Salesforce, HubSpot, and, and these things. Um, this is a survey that we did a few months ago. Uh, Two-thirds of our users are in customer success, and a third of our users are outside of customer success. Okay, so that's, uh, that's that. This is uh, some of the things that we promise our customers that we do. Uh, we basically help them to grow their revenue from existing businesses. That's a bit about PlanHat. Um, Okay, so breaking into the U.S. So I was thinking about this on the plane over, and um, and 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 I think that the first thing here, like this is in the, the, the this needs to be put in context. First of all, I think that there's a many different ways, obviously, to be successful. But these are the I had some five things that came to mind that, from my perspective, I think was was important for Scandinavian or Nordic-based startups, software companies that want to break into the break into the U.S. <clears throat> Okay, so first of all is that I think that you should go to the U.S. Um, you know, don't mess around. Uh, don't mess around back here in Scandinavia. Like, go big. Like, go after it. Like, go just just go. 
You know, it is um, it's the biggest market in the world typically for all our businesses. Um, and it's actually not so as hard as uh, I think that a lot of companies think. Uh, it's thrilling. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> Americans are crazy. Like everything in the U.S. are crazy. Is and and I I think that you you should go. And uh, I I wrote here that there's infrastructure for everything, so you don't need to worry about hey if I need to set up an entity or I need to buy do how do I do accounting or payroll. I don't think about that. You can buy all those services. Everything costs nine ninety nine dollars per month. <laughs> And just, just go, um, you know, be ambitious, just do it. Um, the, uh, I'm from Sweden or Finland. A lot of Finnish people are like, these are very small markets. And, and just don't mess around here. Like, go, go to the U.S. Um, that's number one. <coughs> um, so the Nordic means quality to all of Americans. So don't hide the fact that you're a European or from Scandinavia or the Nordics. So I think that if, you, if you're in the US and you, the your first thing you say that, hey, you know, I'm come from a, we built that. So we say this in, the, in, in our pitch in Planet, we say that, hey, we're a Scandinavian company. We started out in Sweden. And like, that's immediately a quality stamp of approval. And I think that um, you know, people should be very proud of it and not hide away from the fact that they come from the, from the Nordics. Okay, two, number two, start with sales. Um, don't waste your time to would do too much desktop research, uh, market research. Like start with selling uh, and um, you know, buy some Google AdWords, some LinkedIn ads and uh, start selling. You can do that from home. You don't need to go there. You don't need to do, you know, you don't need to do a big uh, McKinsey report or some research. Just if you have a product, try to sell it to some US-based companies. And think about it this way, that if you cannot do it, then you need to fix your products or, or your pitch or do things, you know? Um, so I, I think that you should do that. I said that I say that if you need to get on a plane, then get on a plane. Um, stay up late evenings, uh, do the work. I was speaking to Miku just earlier today, said that, uh, you know, every night is up late, late and pitching and, and whatnot. Johannes from our team has a call today at 9, 10 p.m. So like that's just... Just get it done, get, get some sales. Um, so there's some of the things not to do. Don't uh, start with setting up an entity. Uh, don't start with researching visa and uh, um, these things. Uh, don't hire an expensive VP. Start selling yourself. Um, um, yeah, start selling. Number two, um, just go. Um, you win based on culture, I, I, I wrote here. Um, so if you're at some point, you know, you're ready to go, you start selling something else and you want to set up a business there, make sure that the people that you're sending from back home are some of the culturally strongest people that you have. Um, so I think that's very important. Um, I personally think that San Francisco and New York is overrated. Uh, US is a huge market. So if I would give an advice, like don't go to San Francisco. Um, and don't go to New York. Uh, I think a lot of Nordic companies, Scandinavian companies think that it's, you know, maybe cool to be in Silicon Valley or in New York. Aren't you guys in New York? Yep. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll talk about it in a moment. Yeah. Don't go to, <laughs> don't go to New York. <laughs> don't go to New York. Um, you know, check out Boston or DC. I think, yeah, we have teams and people there at Denver, Austin, LA, Toronto. These are cities where people typically stay longer. They're not as expensive. And, 
yeah, you have good people in all these cities. The, all the good uh, people in tech, if it's sales or developers or product or marketing people, they, they, not all of them live in San Francisco or New York. What about Chicago? Chicago is great too. Yeah, I think that like Chicago is fantastic. Um, um, Chicago is great. What's San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. Yeah, no, you can you can do that in LA. I wouldn't like. Yeah, so so I actually don't think you should go to San Diego. I have been there, set up teams. Don't go to San Diego, and um, I mean, and my advice: I would not go to San Diego. Um, <laughs> I actually do surf. Yeah, I, yeah, I surf like four or five times per week. So I surf a lot. Yeah, and you can surf in LA. Yeah, uh, getting a visa takes time. So if you're thinking about moving, uh, it, it does it does take time. So so plan plan ahead. Um, and and as I said earlier, like all the other things, administrative things you need, just don't hire people to do it. Just buy the services uh, until you have some certain scale, and then you start hiring some some people yourself. Um, okay, hiring. Um, <clears throat> so I was thinking about hiring, and and like when it comes to hiring, I think that this is where you can very easily. Uh, go wrong if uh, all you've done is to hire and build a business here in the Nordics. Um, so I said that no, it's not like hiring people in the Nordics. Uh, it's just you, you, the, quality, the quality of people are sort of all over the place. Um, you know, just, just because somebody went to college in the US or went to, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, necessarily that, that, that you know, they, they know, you know, that they may be fit. Um, so um, I think this, that if you have never hired people in the US, then try to find a mentor or maybe an investor friend, somebody that can, or an operator that has done it before, so they can help you with this. Because, you know, obviously hiring the wrong per people will be very expensive and be, and be a pain. And then number three there too, like, no, it's not cheap. Um, I've had some um, experience with this, some other companies that, you know, they come from the Nordics and then they start hiring some, strong people uh, in the US and then they get scared when they, they get, they get yeah, they, they just get um, frustrated when they hear the salary expectations that people have. Uh, so, so it's not cheap um, and you typically get what you pay for. So, so just be prepared for that. Um, so what to look for when you're looking for these people. So obviously you need to define like what it is that you need. Uh, I think that it's very important to have self-starters and that you hire builders because people that will be working for you in the US, they will be sort of if their headquarters or the home market is somewhere here in the Nordics, then um, they need to be able to be builders and actually be able to build companies because of the time zone differences, all the challenges that come uh, with that. Uh, if you're hiring salespeople, make sure that you hire salespeople that can build the pipe. Um, and, it, and, and I think all of the salespeople you interview will say that they can build pipe. But uh, like, don't, don't don't get tricked there. You you could, like, you make sure you hire people that can actually build pipe. Um, if you're hiring for sales, and don't compare salaries to your home uh, market. Um, just just don't don't like, just don't try to do that. If they ask for salaries that are more than what your CEO makes, just be fine with that. It is just more expensive, and typically, um, you know, you you do get you you get you get. You know, if people are more expensive, they're also much better. That's typically sort of a, as a rule of thumb, except for people in San Francisco. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, and then start with boot boot camping people to your home offices. So fly people here um, and uh, and make sure they spend some time a few weeks in your uh, in your local office. <laughs> okay, salaries, quotas, and pricing. Uh, typically, things are more expensive in the U.S. to charge more. What's your unit economics? So uh, I've seen a bunch of companies where like you sell 5K deals in the, here in Scandinavia and say in Sweden, we have Kroner, as you guys know. So people charge like 50,000 Kroner or 5,000 euros for a service and they feel like, yeah, that's a good average deal size for them. And, and just, you know, don't, if, if that's your pricing for your product, like don't charge $5,000 for your product in the US. You should charge ten or fifteen thousand dollars, or even twenty thousand dollars for the same thing. Things are just more expensive, so you should charge more. And the same thing goes for the people that you, um, the quotas that you put on people. Uh, so this comes with the same. Like, don't compare. I, I put some quotas there and salaries for people, uh, especially in sales. So, you know, having a six hundred k quota is a minimum for a B two B SaaS person, uh, I think, um, and. Um, uh, yeah, that's that. And then the last thing on culture. Uh, in the US, everybody said that they're excited about everything. Um, and and I think as a, especially I think if you're a Finn from Finland, you'll find it weird. Uh, like everybody's always excited. And then like in Scandinavia, we don't have that. So it's really weird. But but everybody like excited about everything. Um, Yes, yeah, so be aware of the cultural differences. So I've learned this that like US is very like almost like different countries. So if you hire people from the East Coast or West Coast uh, or the South, uh, they're just very culturally different and, and not different like how Finnish people are different from Swedish people. Like they're just very different, you know, pace and just everything about them very different. So you need to sort of be aware of these things and and um, and. Um, yeah, uh, think those things through. Uh, be direct and get to the point. If you, any of you try to sell uh, in the U.S., uh, you you know it's you need to be very like to the point, and just don't be fluffy and inspirational. Just say what you what you want. Uh, this goes for if you're trying to sell, if you try to hire somebody, or negotiate with somebody, or if you try to let go of somebody. Just be very clear with what it is that you try to you're trying to do. But hey, uh, also from my behalf, welcome. Mikko is my name. I've been actually part of two US market entries. One of them was actually when I was at Meltwater and, and Kabe was there. Um, it wasn't a market entry. They already had done it, but I, I saw how successful business looks like. Then with Wine, we actually did the first US market entry in 2017. Our um, CFO, unfortunately, who's sick today, he described it to me. I was responsible for the market entry, and he described it as an expensive hobby. Um, <laughs> so back then, we didn't have tons of customers. We did have people and, and um, salespeople. Now we're redoing it with the global product we just launched. This time, it's a little bit different since we don't have anyone in the US, so, but we do have customers and, <laughs> and CFO likes that approach quite a bit. Uh, um, but that's, that's my, my <laughs> yeah. uh, take on that. And I, I used to live in some, uh, San Francisco and then also in, in New York. How about <laughs> you, Maxine? Maybe we can also introduce you quickly. Yeah. 
you have, of course, lots of portfolio companies, and I would imagine many of them are in the US already. Yeah, exactly. So um, I work for Nordzone, um, one of the largest early stage funds in Europe, and we actually went to the US 10 years ago. We also went to New York, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but we saw, I mean, from the, the investor side, it's interesting because everyone wants to go to the West Coast. And in the West Coast, it's like super easy or super difficult to invest. If you're in the club, you can invest in everything. If you're not in the club, you can't touch anything. So we went to the East Coast instead, to New York, which is actually quite underrated as a system especially when it comes to, I'd say, healthcare um, and to fintech. But anyway, so yes, we invest like 30% of our fund in the US and we started the office because we were helping one of our portfolio companies uh, move there actually back in the day. So one of my partners, PJ, he saw that the company, which was Spotify, they were going to open an office and he just wanted to go with Daniel and Martin. So basically because he wanted to live there himself. Mm. And then uh, it's taken off and it's... Uh, we're kind of constantly trying to bridge our portfolio from Europe to the US. And it's, um, I mean, I think I can relate to a lot of the issues that you were mentioning before um, that we're yeah. helping. But yeah. Good. And maybe we can also ask from all of you, how many of you have today business in the US? Maybe you can raise your hand. So roughly 50% uh, of you. And how many of you are planning to do it within the next two years in case you don't have it? quite a few as well. Uh, Kave, you mentioned from sales point of view that you need to be direct. One thing that I've learned is that when you do sales in the Nordics, especially in Finland, and if the buyer says that this is interesting, we're, we will reconnect next week on Wednesday. I mean, then you can almost take it as a face value that it happens. In the US, <laughs> Someone says that Mikko, this looks They're excited. Yeah, they're excited. They're excited. Yeah. Like, how do you actually hold people accountable, the buyer, so that you, you actually get that follow-up meeting? And how do you read between the lines if they're truly <laughs> interested in what, what you show? Yeah, so it's very hard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. People will say, yeah, I'm very excited. Like, I'm very interested. Uh, and and, and uh, you, know, <laughs> you never hear from them again. Um, how do you... Um, Nail the person up. Like I think that is, those things are like typical sales skills that I'm sure that you know it's same in any country. Like set up the meeting, make sure that you know when it is and whatnot. Um, so I I don't have any specific things except for like typical sales things. Mm -hmm. But but um, I I do um, um, just being just asking directly and being like, hey man, like I don't want to waste your time. Just don't waste mm -hmm. my time either. Should I speak to somebody else in your company? Mm -hmm. I think I think like that kind of approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any tips from you, Maxine? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like dating, right? So how do you get someone to not ghost you? Um, but I had a question on hiring, actually, because you said move your best people. Um, but you also said to hire. Would you, um, how kind of, how do you balance moving Europeans versus hiring locally in the beginning? And how would you value setting up a team in one place versus kind of distributing them? Yeah, I think that... Um, um, Obviously, there's different ways of doing it, but I do think that like you should have uh, send at least one person from your sort of home market, one or two people, and then you hire one or two people. So there's a good group starting out, um, and then then if they could be in the same office or location, I think that that would be that would be the best thing to do. But then you you and I think that for Vinus example, if Miko is moving himself and and kicking it off, I think that that kind of approach that you know don't half-ass it like. It's the biggest market in the world. Like if you if you crack if you crack it there, mm. then what you do back home won't matter. You know, uh, so so take it seriously. Be send your best people. Um, 
you know, one, two people, and then you hire a bunch of, you know, one, two uh, others, and then try, try to build a team from there. And I think it's to some extent a little bit different, not always easier, but uh, 10 years ago, you often didn't have a freemium business model. So holding people accountable, you often booked a meeting, maybe you did a demo, but they didn't have a free trial. So the only connection you had with them was the sales process. But now when there's lots of companies doing the PLG motion and you have freemium products, you actually get the engagement data. Like, are they actually using the yeah, app? Yeah, are they yeah. trying it out? And I think that's also one way to filter out the ones that are just saying that this is exciting, but nothing, nothing happens. Another funny story, when I was having my first week in the US, I, I met, of course, with lots of colleagues uh, at the office. And, you know, in the US, they always say that, hi, Mikko, how's it going? And I always started replying and uh, people don't really expect an answer for that. And I was like, okay, they ask, but then they don't listen. And I started explaining how the day has been and all that. So, but that, that didn't take um, too long. Uh, but anyway, so uh, it's very, uh, it's culturally, I'd say like Americans with Finnish people. <laughs> like it all loves it. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, yeah. I have a question about valuation. We have many, many founders and uh, executives. Do you think, Maxine, that it has an impact on SaaS business valuation if the company is in the US? Like same size in terms of annual recurring revenue. One of them is only, let's say, Europe. And the other one has mixed Europe and the US. Like how big is the impact on valuation? I'd say 100% it has an impact. It's always difficult to kind of quantify how much, but we literally have like a scoring card um, that I, I can't share with you exactly, but it's like we, we look at how much of the business comes from the US mm -hmm. and we have like the, the kind of the red, the orange, the green one. And if it's more than 50%, it's a green. And if it's like nothing, it's red. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something we look at because it's, I mean, it's like, obviously, if you if you can't sell in the US, you can't win. And yeah. I think that's such a, that's why like, yeah, I'm surprised that I think, the kind of, especially the Scandinavian culture and kind of also, I'd say like Benelux, not the Germans and the French to stay in France, but like the Nordics, like they, they kind of, they think too small all the time. Like you have to think bigger, mm. but that's also like, you know, I'll be talking about, should you raise VC capital or not? And I think that kind of goes into the whole equation. Mm. I mean, you're also in the boards of quite a few companies and I guess advising many companies. I think you also give Tons of advice for us, uh, for me and Pietari all the time as well. Uh, but if you have a new, now a successful Swedish or Finnish SaaS business, and then they, they have the ambition that we want to go to the US, like what are the typical um, pitfalls or mistakes you see that companies are doing? Of course, you touched some mm. of them already, but what are the most common pitfalls that founders I, I think the biggest one is, I think there's two. One is that they don't go, mm. you know, which is... And I'm on a board of a company that I'm very passionate about, but like just very Scandinavian. And um, as like Machine said, like it's important. Like, mm -hmm. why are you messing around here at, at home? I feel like it's, um, uh, especially if you build a B2B and a SaaS product, like you build the product, mm -hmm. like start selling it in a different market mm -hmm. or in the US, I think. Um, but I think that the second one is that you compare cost and things to your home market. And then I think that's just the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. You know, you try to hire somebody and then, as I said, like you hear about the salary expectations and you're like, oh man, like that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But you have to just think about it. Like the quota should also be two, three, four times higher. Mm -hmm. And um, and your prices should go up and, and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can I ask? Yep. Or sorry, go ahead. 
No, I, I'm I'm just thinking about time wise that oh. very soon we'll move to the next topic, which yeah. is revenue ops. But if you have a question, feel free. Yeah, I'm just wondering, um, because obviously you guys have this like remote setup. How um kind of how disciplined you have to be on what functionalities you have in each market if you're not remote? Like, what do you need to have beyond sales and customer success when you think about product, when you think about marketing, when you think about kind of across the functions? Yeah. Um, so I think it's different for different businesses, obviously. Yeah. But typically B2B companies, like I simplify and say like B2B, especially SaaS companies, like either build a product or you sell the product. Yeah. And everything else is admin and support. You know, and that doesn't mean that, for example, marketing or finance or support and other functions are not important for the business. Mm. Is that they are supporting the core business. So either you need to build products or you need to sell them. Sell them includes the renewing them and and reducing churn and upselling and and, and growing the accounts. Um, so um, yeah, the other functions also need to be coming depending. Also, we have a technical Im implementation team. They need to be local to the different markets that we have. Mm. Support needs to be local and local meaning that they speak the language during the time zone and, and whatnot. Um, but we, for example, don't need product people necessarily to adjust the product because it's the same product that you buy in Scandinavia and the US or in APAC, uh, at least for us. Uh, whereas I can see definitely some companies be like, they maybe need to add certain things. They, maybe there's some content in the product mm -hmm. like Vino mm -hmm. that, that needs to be specific to the, to the market. And then you need, uh, you need that. But, but that, but, but I think that like the product pieces of the, they can, that can still be centralized. I think that as an example, Vino, they don't need to have the way I understand the product is they don't necessarily need to have Americans building out the American database. You could do that in from Finland or in any in, in any other country. Um, but yeah, so so but, but but another thing just on this, I usually say that like what the customer cares about, he doesn't care about where your product is built, but he cares about that you're speak like you're local. You know, he wants to buy from somebody and be serviced by somebody that is local. So, so, so from the customer perspective, so if I am Swedish or, you know, I'm, if I'm French, if I have a rep that is selling this thing to me in French and I'm supported and onboarded and su serviced by French people in France, mm. like the, I care about that. Yep. But if you build a product in Finland or in the US or in Sweden, like I care, I care less about the, that, I think. Mm.